I'm Dawn. And I'm Ashley. We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships. Hello, everybody. I hope you're all doing wonderful. Hi, Dawn. How are you? Hey, Ashley. How are you? I'm great, amazing, wonderful, um, exhausted. (laughs) I am also wonderful and exhausted. I am uh, going on a cruise this weekend, so I cannot wait. I'm so excited and yet very exhausted at the same time because there's so much to do to get ready for it. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But it's, uh, yeah, how exciting, how relaxing that should be. Do you guys, um, where are you guys headed? We are going to Turks and Caicos. Oh, wow. And is it a week? 10 days. Yep. yep. So we get full seven days. Uh, We leave Sunday. We get there. We board on Sunday and then we get off again on Sunday and we have three stops. And I've never, ever been off the East Coast, right? I've been from New York or from Maine all the way down to um, Florida, but I have never once been off the East Coast. So I'm super excited to be so far out into the ocean that you can't see land. I'm super excited for the sunrise and the sunsets. And just to see a whole new culture and a new, right, the islands and the Caribbean. And I've just never been there. So I can't wait. Oh, that's exciting. I've actually never traveled out of the country either. I mean, Canada, if you, but, you know, I don't think anybody counts Canada anymore. Yeah, I've, I have not either. And so I know you went to, you were in Ireland last year, but. Um, yep. As, as I, as you were talking, I was literally sitting here thinking I need to take that back Ashley I went to Ireland last year my best friend did it was amazing but yes I'm still excited right you get that that travel bug you can't wait to explore I can't wait there's a thousand things I want to do in a million places I want to go I'm super excited exactly I really um I used to kind of carry a little bit of like shame around not traveling out of the country um especially with my with my new my new group of people they they are they do travel a lot and but I have to remember, most of them don't have children. <laughs> they weren't raising children. I was. I, but I've also traveled extensively in the U.S. from being a child to a, as an adult. So it just looks, you know, I think all that looks different for everybody. Um, but one thing I do want to do is a cruise because I do love the water. I do love the beach. I love to snorkel. So to be able to do that and experience another culture while doing that i can't think of anything better i think it's amazing i'm so excited and hopefully i enjoy it as much as i think i'm going to oh i nobody deserves it more so um have a great time enjoy yourself well thank you so what are we talking about this week well we haven't i received a text message from a listener earlier in the week and so we kind of Decided we were, that's what we're going to talk to you, talk about. So I am going to um, read what this um, individual um, suggestion was, and then we'll go from there. Sounds like a plan. All right. Why do men, probably toxic men and narcissistic men, give us women the silent treatment? In addition to this, what are we supposed to do about it when it happens to us? So I'm going to read that one more time. 
Why do men, probably toxic men and narcissistic men, give us women the silent treatment? In addition to this, what are we as women supposed to do about it? The first thing I want to say about this is I'm not going to answer this question exactly as it's written. And the reason for that, first, the question I'm going to answer is why do people give people the silent treatment? And what are people supposed to do about it? I love that you said that because that's the biggest thing I heard in this. That isn't about men. Women do the same thing. One of the big things that stuck out in my head is, right, it's not about men or women. It is it is people. People give the silent treatment. And what are people supposed to do about it? The second thing that even if we were talking about men versus women, which, again, we're not. But the second thing that I don't necessarily not that I don't like it, but it just doesn't feel right to me about this question is the the part where it says probably toxic men and narcissistic men. Short of being a therapist and them taking the therapy questionnaire that allows for the actual diagnosis, calling any person toxic or narcissistic is me taking their inventory. And I don't, I, I don't do that. So I, when I answer this question, the question I'm answering is, why do people give other people the silent treatment? And what is the best way to handle that? I um, agree with that. I, so I, I picked up on the exact same things you did in this question. What's really ironic is Colin asked me tonight, he's like, we just like literally five, five minutes before we started, what's your topic tonight? So I told him, well, women do that too. Yes, they do. Yes, we do. So I and, thought, and, thought that was really funny. Even him was like, well, no, that's not just a man thing. And I think, I don't necessarily think, right, that the, the person that sent the, the question in, I don't think that, I mean, I don't, I don't know what they were thinking, but I don't think that they were just specifying men to women. I think that they just want to know what to do about the silent treatment and what is the goal with the silent treatment. Right. And so that's that's what I want to talk about. I think that makes for a great podcast, especially when we talk about healthy living and healthy relationships. Yeah. And I'm I can I will comfortably say this. The individual that wrote this was a female. So she wrote it from her perspective. If a male would have wrote this wrote in about this, they would have probably written it from their perspective. So I agree with you. I don't think that was the intent at all. It's just the perspective. Right. So, um... The first thing I want to do is identify what is the silent treatment. Because, right, the silent treatment, in my opinion, it's not just refusing to talk about a specific situation. I think the silent treatment is refusing to speak to someone. Like, like refusing to acknowledge someone's existence. Not only am I not going to talk to you, but I'm not going to look at you. I'm not going to brush past you. If you put your hand in my hand, I'm just going to move my hand. I'm not going to make eye contact. The silent treatment is a lot more than I am angry at you about this specific discussion or I am angry in this moment about this situation and I need an hour to cool off so I need to go for a walk. That's not the silent treatment. 
so one thing I didn't hear you say, and I'm, and I guess so I want to ask you this, the silent treatment can also create not listening. Because if I am angry and all I'm focused on is I'm not talking to this person because I'm punishing them. And I say that with quotes around it, right? It might not be that, right? right? That might not be my exact thought. I'm punishing them or I'm hurting them or manipulating them. But if I'm focused on that anger and I'm focused on putting that outward, I, I put a wall up. I can't listen either. Well, and I personally believe that most people who are giving the silent treatment absolutely cannot listen, right? Like I am so focused on shutting you out and not looking at you and not responding to you and making sure that I do not interact with you in any way, shape or form that I'm not hearing you either. So why do people like, so we've talked about kind of what it is like right real briefly and well I know we'll come back to all of this but my question is you know why do people do this why do why do we why let me say me because I have used the silent treatment as a weapon as a punishment as to get my point across to (laughs) control that's it I have never been a silent treatment person. So me saying why people use the silent treatment, where I'm coming up with this is actually the other day I asked Nick. He used to be, years ago, before his recovery, he would be horrible. He used to give me the silent treatment over anything. It didn't matter what it was. He, it would become the silent treatment. And when I asked him why, like, it hasn't happened in years, so this was actually a fairly easy conversation. I was like, like, when you did that, what was the goal in that? Because in my opinion, I go straight to control, right? He's trying to punish me. He's trying to control me. He wants me to feel guilty. He wants me to feel bad. Um, And he said to me, he said, no, it had nothing to do with you. I was so angry and so out of my mind that I didn't have anything nice to say. I could not even look at you without wanting to blow up. So I didn't. That never once crossed my mind. That's really interesting because as a person that I've done both, right? I've done where I've lost my cool and yelled and I've also been the silent treatment Um, person it's really interesting because in my marriages I was more with my second marriage I was more of a yeller in my last relationship it was and actually the relationship that brought me to Coda was more of a silent treatment type situation and I cannot say the same thing that he said I did it as a tool to manipulate or a weapon to manipulate I did it to get a point across um it would be i'd be quiet i'd slam the cupboard right so just because words didn't come out of my mouth and i think that's part of this right i can be quiet and i can give the silent treatment but i can still get my point across slam a cupboard shut a door harder drop my phone a little harder 
you know, straighten the couch a little bit more diligent, you know? And I definitely think that the goal with the silent treatment, no matter what the intention behind it is, right? Whether it is, I am angry, so I am going to use my anger and as a weapon, and this is the best weapon I have that'll hurt. Whether it is that, or it is... I am angry and I am so angry that I'm going to lose control by just talking to you so I can't even speak to you. Mm -hmm. Or it is an intentional form of manipulation. Like, ooh, if I don't speak to you, then you're going to feel bad and then you're going to try to make me feel better. So you're going to try to be... Right? Because what narcissists do... Yeah. Honestly, why people use the silent treatment Sure, it might help us to understand them, but I don't think that matters. I think that there could be any number of reasons why any person will use the silent treatment, whether they are a healthy person or they are a toxic person. I think that in any type of stressor, any person can resort to survival tools. And I believe the silent treatment can sometimes be a survival tool. I believe that what I do about the silent treatment, the reason behind their silent treatment does not matter. Their intention means absolutely nothing to me with my decision as far as what I am going to do in regards to the silent treatment, what people can do when someone else is giving the silent treatment. Right, so that kind of leads into the second part of that question. Um, I mean, again, I I don't... I, I feel like we haven't spent a whole lot of time on why people give so, the silent treatment. I actually, that's what I was going to say. I wanted to actually um, note something that I, um, I think when, when we'll use her terminology, a toxic or a narcissist or any individual does that. I think it is, isn't that a form of gaslighting? It is a form of abuse, but I don't think it's a form of gaslighting, right? So gaslighting is, is typically where people make, they try to make you believe your reality is different than what it actually is. Okay, so if... The silent treatment is trying to make you feel a certain way. If I am doing the silent treatment and I'm shutting the cupboards a little bit harder and straightening the couch a little bit more diligently or whatever, and the person says, what's the matter? What's wrong with you? Well, da 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 and I've manipulated and got the interaction and the argument that I wanted. Isn't that gaslighting? I mean, I yeah, I guess it could be considered a form of gaslighting, right? It, it, I mean, it's, it's used as a means of punishment, emo- emotional manipulation, and definitely control. And, and to turn the tables on the person that you are giving the silent treatment to. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could definitely be considered a form of gaslighting for sure. Yeah, and I don't think the silent treatment, I mean, if we're just talking specifically about the silent treatment, I agree with you. That's that alone silent treatment isn't isn't manipulative. The, pro, the I think what what we're talking more about really well, and, is the intention I think, behind. I think, I think the silent treatment is manipulative, right? Because manipulation is where I change my behavior in order to get you to do something. So I do believe the silent treatment is manipulation and I think gaslighting is manipulation. But you just, I, oh. but you just said that Nick said 
that he wasn't trying he wasn't doing it to because he was mad or whatever he was he knew that he he needed to do the silent treatment or he was going to say something he shouldn't say that's not manipulation that is actually thinking from a healthy place if i don't right. have anything to say well, so how long does that typically last right typically in anger where i have nothing nice i could possibly come up to, with to say would last what I mean, if we feel our feelings, 30 seconds is the average. I, maybe an hour, maybe would, a day. I, I was going to go, I was going to throw an hour out. I think there, I think actually that's a really good point. I think there's some time consideration behind it. Because if I am silent for an hour, it's, that's, I mean, that's justifiable that I need some alone time for an hour by myself. That's realistic, I think. Right? right, I'm processing. Yeah, and I keep, I'm no, there's no right or wrong if it takes me ten minutes or th sixty minutes. Right, and heck, if it takes six hours, that's reasonable. I'm processed. Right, I don't. I think it is dependent on the situation, and I think it is dependent on the people. I think the silent treatment intentionally, without a hey, I'm having a really hard time right now. I will reach back out to you when I'm able to, to discuss this. I personally believe that is abusive. Whether it's gaslighting, whether it's manipulation, I don't care. I do believe that falls under abuse. So I actually had a situation happen this weekend. HP, <laughs> uh, man, HP. Um, so I, my new girlfriends, there's four of us. We co-host the meetup group. And I have been very active in the meetup group, setting up a lot of different occasions, knowing that I was going to be, I'm going to be out of town in August and I won't be able to, you know, do a whole, do much because I won't be here. So, and everybody else has kind of been traveling and doing some things. So I really stepped up and started scheduling things and hosting. In addition, I've, um, I've really worked hard to get more people involved from other groups that I participate in. So. With that said, I have heard from some people, the name of the group is a little bit, people don't understand the name of the group. And so there's been questions about what does this mean? And the group has been around for seven years. So this was, the name was developed in inception. So it's been around for a really long time. It was, it predates even um, my, you know, one of my friends. But there is a meaning behind it, and the word is reigning, R-E-I-G-N-I-N-G. -I -I and people are very were questioning that name. And so I decided I was going to take it to the group and say, hey, this is what I'm hearing. Some people feel it's a kind of feminine. When I look up synonyms, it's controlling, uh, what was some of the other ones? Uh, anyways, should we consider maybe modifying the name? The one person that has been in the group and used to be the main organizer comes back, who said it? And you know, being part of our recovery group, anonymity is huge. We rely on it. So obviously, I'm not going to say who did it because it doesn't matter who said or who said it. It doesn't matter who said it. It just doesn't matter. This is what I've heard. So another person pops in. She's like, yeah, there was, you know, there was a person that said it this past weekend um, maybe we do look at something that's a little, so it went back and forth and I put a lot of time into my, my wording when I text and thank you recovery, 
right? I talked to HP about it, made sure that I came from a very healthy place. The individual, other, the main person, kind of, you could tell she took it very, very personally. And she just kept making these little combat comments and actually said to me in the last text was words I used. So people was people. What else I, I used? I regret bringing, I regret bringing up the topic. She's like, I'm not comfortable or I don't like and appreciate combative language and for individual or people that I um, consider friends. So I had nothing nice to say. I knew in that moment where I where my body was heading, right? I could feel my body to say that I you know com- yourself. I know myself to say that I am combative now, five years in Dakota. No, I'm not combative now. Was I combative before? Yes. And I didn't come from that place. I know I didn't come from that place. I and I did get some um, validation from two of the other people that were in the chat. They're like, you know, they're all like, ooh, she took, you know, she took that personal. We don't know what's happened. Okay, whatever. So I knew that I could not say anything because I knew that I would not come from a healthy place. So I didn't say anything. I just stopped texting. It was, we, and we were supposed to meet up, uh, the group of us, three and a half hours later. And I was just like, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not at a place to do this. Whatever. It's just not. The, obviously, it wasn't going to get better. Anything that was said at that point wasn't going to get better. So I just stopped. That wasn't the silent treatment. What that was, was I knew what I, where, where I was in that moment and nothing good would come of it. Well, hold on a second, because before we can say that wasn't the silent treatment, I have to hear... Yeah. Did you did you go to the meetup? Did you speak to her again? Have you? Yes. Like I did. So that evening you saw her again and you spoke to her again. So I got there. It was I actually got there a little early because we went downtown Tampa and parking was supposed to be bad. So she got there early. I got there early. I walked in. It was her. Of course, I had to run to the restroom because I was had been in traffic. So I was like, do you know where the restroom is? Ran to the bathroom, came back, went up to her, gave her a hug, said, um, you know, told her she looked beautiful because she did. She always looks beautiful and said, I would love to take you home so we could have a one on one um, chat about this. And she said to well, me, so that's the, that, that's not the silent treatment at all. No, I didn't do the silent treatment. And I guess what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is I think there's the, the thing I, I did get quiet, but I, I came, I did, I, within a few hours, and I think there's the difference between silent treatment and not giving the silent treatment. My intention was I needed time, but I, it was a reasonable amount of time. Because I think what you were going to say was, have you heard talk to her since? Because if I hadn't talked to her since, there's the silent treatment. Exactly. Exactly. And, and right, and, and still... Yes, we are understanding why people give the silent treatment. Mm-hmm. I don't think that changes what we do about it. And and I just want to stress that again, because I know we haven't talked about what to do about it yet. But so far, we have spent a lot of time talking about why people give the silent treatment. Yep. Um, and, and my intention behind why I am giving the silent treatment is important for me to understand when I am taking my own inventory to try to become a better person. 
it is not important for me to understand why somebody else is giving me the silent treatment. I think that's an important distinguish distinction. For me, the other night was it wasn't about coming in and saying something not nice to her or about her or anything because it didn't have anything to do with her but one of the things that i'm working on and i have been working on very diligently is to be a better me and grow and i am at a point where i don't want to regret anything i do ever again because i've spent my entire life regretting everything i did and i've said And so it was more about my inner peace than about her. So I think we've covered there's two ways the silent treatment can really be used. One is an abusive, manipulative, toxic way. Mm -hmm. And that is abusive. The other way is not actually the silent treatment at all. It is detachment. And it is someone not being in a healthy place to speak at this point in time. I will come back to it and I will still carry on a life with you, a conversation with you. You still exist. I just can't speak about this right now. And I think those are the two distinctions. Is there anything else you feel is important to say about why people use the silent treatment? No, I'm actually really ready to get into what we do about it. Me too. So this is going to sound really blunt and really simple at this at at this moment. And we're going to get much further into it. What we do about it when people give me the silent treatment, what I do about it is nothing. I do nothing because their silent treatment is not about me. So let's just say Nick and I, I don't know, he's mad at me for something. He's mad about something and it has to do with me. So he decides to give me the silent treatment. I have a few options. I can take that in. And I can change my behaviors and my actions and my feelings because of his silent treatment. I can take that in and I can attempt to make him stop giving me the silent treatment. I can not take that in at all and act as though he's not even giving me the silent treatment. Or I can not take that in and do nothing. Would you say those what again? What I mean by that is. Would you say those three I, one more time for me? Yes. So I can take it in and change what I am doing to try to make it better. Or I can take it in and try to change what he is doing to make it better. Or I cannot take it in and not take it in but still try to fix it, right? Okay. Like, like not not allow it to hurt me and not allow it to change my feelings, but still try to talk to him. Like, hey, share your feelings with me. Hey, what's going on? Why aren't you talking to me? Hey, what are you upset about? Are you ready to discuss it? Or what I think is best for me, I don't take it in, meaning I don't, let it affect my personal internal thoughts, feelings. And I do nothing different or out of the ordinary with him, right? I'm not going to try to make him feel better. I'm not going to ask him why he's not talking to me, right? If I come in the door and I say, 
hey, how are you? And he says absolutely nothing. At first, I'm probably going to be like, hey, how you doing? How are you, babe? And he says absolutely nothing. The very first thought that comes into my head is going to be, what the F? <laughs> right? You're, you're, you ain't speaking to me. All I did is said hi. But I am not going to go with that first thought. I am going to take that thought and I'm going to pause and I'm going to say, okay, he's not speaking to me. Clearly, he is not interacting with me. So what? I got to make dinner. I got to do my whatever homework with the kids, uh, take the dogs out. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to joke. I'm going to do whatever it is I would normally do. I'm simply not going to go to him. I'm still going to make dinner for him. I would normally make dinner for him. I'm not going to like put it on his plate and go and serve it to him. I wouldn't normally do that. Why would I do that now? Like, I'm not going to do anything special to try to make him feel better. But I am also not going to do anything negative to try to let him know that I'm mad at him for giving me the silent treatment. Does that make sense? So you're not going to manipulate him. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything <laughs> except what I would normally do. So here's the thing with the silent treatment. It is an attempt to control. Yep. Right. When, when we talk about what the silent treatment truly is and what we come, when we come down to it, it is an attempt to control. If in response to the silent treatment, I do anything other than what I want to do, what I would normally do, and I feel other than how I want to feel when they're not giving me the silent treatment, then they are getting exactly that control that they are yes. looking for. Yep. Yep. Not only that, but if they have that control simply by not talking to me, then am I in power in my own life? Is my higher power in power in my own life? Or is that person giving me the silent treatment in power in my life? I think the one a good way to say it is, right, we, you're, what you're talking about when you're going on, uh, going about your normal everyday business and not worrying about what the other person is doing, you are empowering yourself. When you manipulate or change your behavior to anything outside of your normal routine, you are giving your power to that person. Absolutely. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt my feelings. Oh, right. We are human. We do have feelings. It doesn't mean that what they are doing is not wrong. It doesn't mean that what they are doing is not abusive. It actually doesn't mean anything about them at all. Mm -mm. It means that I refuse to participate in their manipulation slash control tactic. Right. And it doesn't matter what manipulation control tactic it is. It can be any form. You're just not participating in it. And you don't have I'm so, to. I'm so glad you said that, Dawn. <laughs> I swear, sometimes it's like we rehearse this and we don't at all. Right. Because it's not just the silent treatment. It is any bad feeling. Mm. Anger, frustration, irritability. It can even be sadness. 
people can use their sadness as a form of control and manipulation. Any bad emotion that someone else feels, any bad behavior that someone else is doing, I don't have to participate. I do not have to get angry when my teenager is angry. I do not have to yell louder than my dog is barking. I don't have to cry when my mom is disciplining me. I do not have to feel any of those feelings if I choose not to feel them. If I let me rephrase that, right? Because I don't choose my feelings. Was, okay, good. I'm glad I was, I was being patient. I was going to be, I'm like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> Go ahead. Right, I, I, right. I don't, I don't choose my feelings. So let me rephrase that. I will not feel frustrated with my dog barking if instead of yelling at my dog to shut up, I go and do something with my dog. I will not feel angry at my teenager for getting an attitude with me if the second she starts to get an attitude, I walk away. I think we've covered there's two ways the silent treatment can really be used. One is an abusive, manipulative, what toxic way, mm-hmm. and that is abusive. The other way is not actually the silent treatment at all. It is detachment, and it is someone not being in a healthy place to speak at this point in time. I will come back to it and I will still carry on a life with you, a conversation with you. You still exist. I just can't speak about this right now. And I think those are the two distinctions. It's not that I don't feel the feelings. It's that I act instead of reacting. Oh, so you're so you're being more intentional. Absolutely. I'm extremely intentional, aware. It's yeah. an awareness, right? Yeah. I have to I have to be aware of what is actually happening in order to choose how I am going to act. I don't want to just react. If I'm at work and someone approaches me and they have a nasty tone and their hands are on their hips and they have a mad look on their face, unless it is the VP of the company, And heck, even when it's the VP of the company, I have a choice. I do not have to stand there and get angry also. I do not have to try to control their control. I can stop. I can tell myself what's happening. I can choose to tell them, hey, I understand that you're angry right now. And I can't talk to you about this when you're angry. So... Let's have this conversation in an hour. Or I can choose to tell myself, hey, this person is really angry and they've lost control of themselves. I need to talk to them as if I would talk to a two-year-old having a temper tantrum instead of as I would talk to a 40-year-old who should know better. So we actually use this, um, going back to my story earlier, um, I met with the, the, the individual the next day for lunch. So um, it didn't work out to take her home. She, she actually said to me, she's like, I need a little bit of time before I can talk about this. 
no problem. Um, so we met. Wait. Them. So you mean you didn't say, but I'm ready to talk right now. No. We need to resolve this and talk about this. Nope. And so, and I didn't actually finish the whole story. So let me, so no. When I went up and I asked her, you know, said, hey, I would like to talk about this one-on-one. -on -one. Um, she, you know, she said, she's like, I just need some space. I'm not ready to talk about it. Okay. I actually sat down with her at the table next to her. And we had a great evening. We laughed. We joked. We talked. We were with 10 other people. Uh, it was like, and really honestly never happened because I didn't need to punish her. She didn't need to punish me. We just went on with our evening. Now that you laughed and joked and talked with her yeah. or with the other people? With everybody. With her. Okay. So that, right, that's not any that you the two of you it sounds to me like the two of you detached yes from the situation while still remaining attached to the friendship exactly and, and then go ahead and finish your story yeah. sorry no you're good you're good i i love that you're doing this then what we did was we met the next day for lunch and we had a conversation Right. And we actually it was funny because we got there and we actually chatted like nothing was wrong for a little bit. And then we then we got to a point where it's like, OK, let's talk about what happened yesterday. We had a conversation um, and she did admit she's like, you know, she said, when you sent that, I did. I, I did take it personal. And I came and I know and I said, she's like, I know I felt some way about it. And I was like, I said, you know, I said, the one thing I can give you, and she knows how co active I am in CODA. She identifies as a codependent. And so one of the things I told her, I said, the one thing you had when you felt that at that moment, you could have said to me, I want to revisit this, but I can't do it right now. So she had been up all night with her in-laws at the hospital, was tired, was grumpy. And then I sent this text. And of course, she took it personal. She had some shit going on. But instead of saying that, she just went in. And I told her, I said, that's one of the beautiful things we can do is if I'm not ready to talk about something or a conversation is not at a good for me at a moment, at a specific moment, it is okay for me to say, I want to talk about this. I just can't do it right now. So now for the person who is on the receiving end of that statement because for me for a really long time that felt like the silent treatment it's not i know that now it no longer feels like the silent treatment but for me as a codependent in my sickness for a very very long time for someone to say i can't talk about this right now felt like I got shut down. The conversation's over. We're never going to discuss this again. That's the silent treatment as far as this conversation is concerned. And I agree with you. I would have felt the same way. And I think, again, there's go. It, one of the things that should be noted is delivery. If someone says to me, I want to talk about this, I just can't do it right now, is a lot different than will you leave me the F alone? I, I'm not talking about this with you right now. There's a big difference. And... I think no, no matter what that difference is, it is my responsibility as someone who needs to discuss something to come back to that person after a reasonable amount of time 
maybe a day, maybe two days, maybe a week, depending on the situation, and say, hey, I still need to discuss this. Are you ready? Yeah. And that's actually what happened with her and I. The next morning, I let it go. I came home, whatever. The next morning, I was sitting here on the couch and something in HP said, you know, he was just like, hey, send. I reached out. She is a deacon in a church. And um, she had just finished giving, um, finished with church, had 15 minutes and was leaving the church. And I texted her right then. And she's like, oh, yeah, you want to meet for lunch? I'm leaving the church here in about 15 minutes. I'll meet you there in 30. I got out That's of That's HP all day. All day. Got out of my way. Got, got out. Of, she got out of her way. She asked me for what she needed. I gave her what she needed, but I also made sure I got what I needed. So let's say in any that situation, any situation, hypothetically, mm-hmm. you had called her Saturday morning and said, hey, can we talk about this? And she had said, no, you know, give me a few days. I would have been okay. And then, well, so then say a couple days goes by and now it's... Right, so Friday, Saturday would have been, are you available for lunch? No, not today. And a few days, give me a few days, goes by. Now it's Wednesday. And you say, hey, I still need to talk about this. And she's like, "Mm, nope, still can't do it. At some point, whether it be five times of, hey, I still need to talk about this, or it be one time of, hey, I still need to talk about this. At some point inside of me, I am going to feel like I don't need to talk about this anymore. I'm over it. We simply can't go on that situation. We just can't go there anymore. So I actually let that, like the whole thing go Saturday night at the restaurant. If we never talked about it again, I was going to be okay. I didn't need to talk about it. I wanted to talk about it because I wanted to, right, I'm trying to live a healthier um, I'm having trying to right the whole goal is having healthier relationships and having health have healthier relationships. You have to communicate from your adult chair. Well, so what do you mean you didn't need to talk about it, but you wanted to talk about it? You didn't you didn't need to explain to her that you weren't being combative? No, because I know I wasn't being combative and I didn't lose any sleep over it. I came home. Like I said, my my night wasn't ruined at all. I don't know if her night, I, no, I shouldn't say that because she did say the next day, she's like, yeah, I, I you know, I, I struggled a little bit in the beginning of the evening. I didn't. I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm going out. I was feeling myself. I'm having a good time. I'm going, that's what I'm doing. And I had let it go. And I didn't need to because I didn't, it wasn't, I didn't take it on. I didn't put that weight on me. I didn't, how she felt about me didn't matter because I know me. That is my favorite saying. I don't know if it's a quote, so to speak. It's a quote from one of my meeting people. Other people's thoughts, feelings, and opinions are none of my business. That, for me, says everything about this topic tonight. If someone is giving me the silent treatment, if someone is screaming at me, if someone is ignoring me if someone is making dinner for everyone else but refuses to make my dinner if someone 
buys a dozen cookies and there's 13 of us and they hand them out to the other people and I don't get one, that's none of my business. Why? I need to let go of trying to make other people like me, of trying to teach other people how to treat me. For so long, society has said we teach people how to treat us. And yes, in a way we do, but we do that by our actions, yes. not by not by controlling their actions. Yeah, it's funny because you're right. I tell people, we tell, you know, it's like we, we try to do it with our words. And, you know, one of the things we talk about is no is a complete sentence. Saying the word no and not having to explain why I say no is a way of teaching people how to treat me. But as well as, and this popped in my head earlier, I no longer, if someone comes at me and is yelling at me, I don't engage. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to walk out of the room. I don't have to say. Literally. Literally. I don't have to say a word. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to walk out of the room. Trust me. They will get. They come after me. I keep walking. They keep coming. I keep walking. And if that means I have to get in my car and I have to leave because you're going to, you want to act like that with me, I'm going to leave because I'm going to protect me. I have not protected me my entire life because nobody taught me how to protect me but I have learned to protect me in the last five years and that means I get to choose how I want to react to another individual and yes right a way of protecting me if somebody is coming at me aggressively is to keep walking and leave and like we're talking about the silent treatment Another way of protecting me is to keep being me, even though they are giving me their bad behavior, right? So like that person at work who refused to speak to me for two weeks because they got in trouble. I still said good morning to them every single morning, even though I knew they weren't going to say good morning back. Uh, I still did what I could to make sure they had the parts that they needed before they asked for them, even though... They were giving me the silent treat, right? I do those things for me so I can live within integrity. Mm-hmm. So if I stop doing those things because they had some sort of negative behavior, whether that's yelling at me or the silent treatment or what it is, if I stop doing those things because they had some sort of negative behavior, then I am no longer living within integrity in myself and I begin to get resentful. Oh, yeah. So I know we've talked about this. You and I've talked about this before, and I'm sure it's been on here, but maybe it hasn't. Have you ever? So one of the things is when somebody gives me the silent treatment and you know they're angry, taking on that anger and then being angry too. Right. And that's I think, no, we've been talking about not changing ourselves, like going about our normal behavior. But I know I have done that where I if somebody was mad and I could tell they were mad, I'm taking on that anger as well. And now you have two people that are mad. Are you kidding? That's my instinctual reaction. (laughs) So I, I go back to Nick, right? We've been together 17 years and we were together when he was a full blown alcoholic and addict. And I was as deep in my codependency as one person could possibly be. And I would have an amazing day at work. I would be in such a great mood. And I would come home and I'd, hi, guys, how are you? 
and we would make eye contact and I just immediately knew that he was in a shit mood. And I immediately put my armor on and got defensive and I immediately became in a shit mood too. There was net, like if someone around me was angry, I had to match it so that I could be as powerful as they were in their anger. So what if it was a stranger? Like not a stranger, but let's say a coworker, not a co-friend, right? Not a coworker friend, but a coworker. If your supervisor is in a bad mood, would you take that on? When I'm around them? Yeah. I, I, I may not take on their anger, but yep. I would immediately get defensive and I would take on like a... My attitude would change. Yes. Right. Like even if, like if they were in a bad mood, even if they weren't coming at me in a bad way, I would be on the lookout for them too. And I would think they were because I was defensive and prepared for them too. It's a protection. Like like you said earlier, it's an, it's an armor. If I am prepared for their bad mood with my bad mood, then they can't hurt me. I can't be vulnerable. I'm not weak. I'm ready. I'm ready for anything. Heck, even today. I mean, and I, I didn't take it on, but like there were a couple times I think my boss had a little bit of a rough day and I would go in to talk to them and I could just see the look on their face. They were having a little bit of a rough day. As I'd go in to talk to them, I'd make co eye contact and I would be like, all right, just say what you got to say and get out. Be very like quick, straightforward. Uh, don't ask that question. They're in a bad, having a bad, this isn't the time. So even... As recently as today, while I did not take on their mood, I still put on my armor. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. Recovery is never 100%. Now let's flip that around. If we're saying moods are contagious, so maybe I'm in a good mood and I'm happy and I'm lighthearted and maybe the person that's in a bad mood or doing the silent treatment my positivity and my lightheartedness rubs off on them and they're like i'm gonna let this go because it might be a subconscious thing i'm just gonna let it go and now everything is fine and usually it does it does however positivity is less contagious than negativity they are both contagious but bad feelings in my opinion are much more contagious. I think you re it really depends on the person, right? For me, I have always been that person of um, the dark, the negative negativity, the dark cloud type kind of person. I mean, I'm very good at, and now I'm very bubbly. I didn't always, wasn't always that way. So I could take negativity on. I think now I would say I'm more of bubbly even rubs off on me more because I don't hang on to that anger as tight as I used to. I don't hang on to the resentment and all of that yuck as tight before I hung on to it with dear life. Right. No, I agree with that. And I don't mean the hanging on to it. That's that's easier because right the positivity feels better so once you catch it i think it's much easier to hang on to because once we feel peace right i'll do anything to keep my peace keep my peace at all costs but as far as like the contagious part of it at least for me and for a lot of the people that i see and interact with anger and negative feeling seem more powerful so when somebody comes at me with their anger instead of them catching my positivity, I tend to be more likely, even with my recovery, I'm not likely to get their anger, but I'm they're, they're likely to hit a brick wall with their anger. Whereas 
ideally what I hear you saying is they throw their anger at me and then I just keep my positivity throwing at them. And I get like with the silent treatment, yes, that that's for me, I do that all the time, right? If you're going to come at me with nothing, I will continue to say good morning. I will continue to make coffee. I will continue to make dinner, whatever. But when you come at me with anger, ah, I have a very, very, very difficult time catching positivity over catching anger. I think, and this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, the walking away. It's not that I can't catch anger. I don't let myself catch anger, if that makes sense. Right? Because I am going to walk away. I'm not going to interact. And if I do catch it, I refuse to hang on to it. Exactly. And it's minutes like that, like not even minutes, seconds where my body feels that yucky feeling. Like I said, last text came and I'm like, ooh, I'm feeling yucky. I can't do, I gotta, I gotta let this go. Right. I refuse to join your crazy train. I refuse to participate in your negative feelings. I refuse to catch your bad feelings. Now, sometimes I can fight your bad feelings with my positive ones but sometimes i just need to remove myself from your negativity i I just can't exactly and on the flip side of that if someone is positive that positivity tends to bleed into those around them yeah if someone is negative that negativity tends to bleed into those around i find that at work as well people something will be going on at work and i'm not even giving it a second thought and somebody will be like did you hear in that meeting the other day blah 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 and then i you know like right you jump on the bandwagon yep that this all plays into right you keep hearing me say i refuse to get on the train with you I refuse to join that party, whether it is the silent treatment, the gossip train, the rumor mill, the attitude bandwagon. I don't care what you want to call it. I don't care what it is. If instead walk away, if I instead choose to be calm and approach this from a non-emotional perspective, walk away for an hour and send an email instead of letting you yell in my face, right? Then... I'm doing what feels good to me and I'm going to be happier. I just refuse to participate in it. And by doing that, it takes the power away from it. It does. Right? You can sit over there and be silent and pout and slam doors all you want. If I'm sitting in here laughing and joking and talking on the phone, it is going to frustrate them even more. (laughs) Yes, it will. But that isn't good either, right? That isn't good. I'm going to be extra happy and extra bubbly and extra because now my intentions again aren't pure it has to be what feels right to me in the moment regardless of what the other person or any other person is saying doing thinking feeling yep have to stay authentic to myself i think that about covers that question i think so too great question love the question i i love when we get questions or we get that kind of stuff it's so amazing I know, because it's weird because we could talk about bad feelings and have that as a topic, and we would talk about it for 45 minutes and be like, "Mm, okay. Yeah. And then this, with this as a topic, we talk about that a whole hour and be like, all right, we could keep going, but it's a little long. (laughs) Yeah, right? And it's so funny because never in a million years would I have thought my situation on Saturday would have tied into this at all. Right. And that is why HP is so 
I, I say my HP has such a sense of humor. He's just up there like, ha, 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 I hadn't processed it all the way. I needed to talk about it. I needed to, like, I needed to hear this to be able to recognize my own growth, understand someone else's situation. And I just think it's really funny that that it, I just didn't, I wouldn't have tied it to this uh, podcast at all. So that's interesting. I, that happens so often. Higher power does that in my life every day, in our lives, every day, a thousand times. For yeah. Sure. So I just, the last piece on the whole um, story from this past weekend, talking about higher power and talking about how he works. I said she's a, um, a deacon. And so this weekend she gave her very first ever sermon. Guess what her sermon was on? what <laughs> oh my oh my it was on if you find yourself having to tip a toe around others you're not walking amongst your tribe so it was talking basically about interactions with other people and how to navigate it and i i have not listened to the she sent it sending me the sermon i have not listened to it but what's really interesting about it is that happened this weekend her sermon was on that topic she had to submit her sermon on thursday to be approved wow that's crazy that is higher power for sure yes very interesting um and right we have very we uh, we look at higher power at her and i very differently she respects mine i respect hers Right. But we both know there is a higher being that was very much playing this out and needed to play it out exactly how it was. And I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. Thank you, listener, for the question again. Um, very grateful for those. Um, so keep them coming, please, please, please. And um, Ashley, have an amazing trip next week. We are not recording next week. Um, instead, I am, I did a pot, um, actually I'm doing and did a podcast with my mother, which will come out to replace the week you are out. And you know this. Um, so I'm really, really excited about um, sharing this and this conversation I had with my mom. And, you know, I talk a lot about my mom, but to, to be able to hear and share her side of this, I'm really excited for it and looking forward to it. So that will be coming out in a few weeks. I am super excited for this. Like, I, I love listening to our podcasts, and I was super excited for our stories to come out. I think I am more excited to hear the podcast with your mom, just so I can get to know her a little bit better and get to know you a little bit better. I'm going to give her some pretty big kudos because she came in. Whew, it makes me very um, I'm really proud of her. She came in very, um, she came in willing to be very vulnerable and she was so scared. She was really scared. Um, she didn't know if she could do it. She didn't know if she wanted to do it. She came in and she did an amazing job. I was so, I'm just so proud of her and not in a condescending way at all. To be that vulnerable and not be fully on this journey that we've taken, that you and I have taken, I mean, anyone who has not done a podcast and then listened to it, first of all, I don't care what subject you talk about, it is absolutely terrifying and <laughs> vulnerable to have your 
voice and your sound out there for anyone and everyone to hear. Forever? And then, yes, forever. And then to talk about some of this really personal stuff. I mean, it takes a lot to be able to say, I don't care what someone else thinks of me. Let me put all my shit out there. And that is what she did. You and I signed up for this. We right when we did this, we knew we were going to be putting all our shit out there. That was what we signed up for. She didn't sign up. She knew that I would talk about it. I got you know, but to come on and say it and actually she 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 shared some pretty pretty vulnerable things that I did not expect to hear from her in a podcast for the world to hear forever. So I look uh, forward to it. I am very excited. So. That'll be out in a few weeks, and then, um, yeah, so, and then you'll be back, which I'm so excited you'll be back as well, so, because I do love talking to you. Me, too, so. and such a great conversation tonight. Yeah, Listeners, thank you all so much, and please keep sending your questions. Uh, we look forward to it. All right, Ashley, have a great vacation, safe vacation, and talk to you in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. Everybody have a great couple weeks. I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it.